Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, host of The Big Picture. Did you just see the latest tentpole blockbuster? Or a surprisingly fun new movie on a streaming service? Or maybe you just want to bone up on the greatest films ever made? From reviews to rankings, career retrospectives to movie drafts, and everything in between, The Big Picture is here for you. Listen to The Big Picture for free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. You've never been here. I have not. We ran into each other at David Chang's house. Yes. He was cooking for us. Indeed. And we were all shooting the shit in his backyard. And I was like, I got to get this guy in a podcast. Yeah. I've, been, I've done no preparation for it. And I'm not prepared at all, but I'm not really worried. I, I, it'll I be like the backyard. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. I mean, we don't have Chang to um, uh, self-obsessively talk about what's going on, if everyone's after him or not. And, the, and, and do we like the food? What's wrong with it? Yeah. Why didn't you have the rest of that? But I I mean, you know what was interesting came up there? It was an interesting thing of like um, p- competitiveness. Yeah. Because like, Chang is like, I need, we were talking about Jordan and that and ki- like killers. You know yeah. what I mean? And Chang was like, I think Chang is fueled by that. And I found that very interesting to be like, oh, right. That's how he's like. You know, and I mean, like he needs it. I think he was like a college or he's like a high school golfer or something like he that. Was. It's part of his, I think, what motivates him. He was, he has this whole thing about chefs and athletes and some of the similarities. It's yeah. pretty interesting and how they're friends, but they're not. And they have frenemies and then just flat out people you hate. Right. And, yes. Uh, it's, it's a little bit similar. I was listening to um, your interview with Oakley. Yes, who, who, the highlight of my career. You mean? I, I know. It, I'm still getting feedback a week later for it. Oh, it was. It's, it's a, a dream podcast. I mean, you know it when it's happening. You're like, all right, I'll never top this. Well, because he was sort of openly saying his opinions about people and things, and it's kind perfect. of it, it was. He's fascinating because he. I grew up in. I grew up as a Nick fan at that time. Like that was my team. I grew up, you know, early '90s, came of age, like falling in love with that Nick team, and uh, I went to school in White Plains. Yeah, and um, and Charles Oakley lived right in the neighborhood, and me and my friend Andrew walked into the Rosedale Deli one day, and Oak was in there drinking like a one liter uh, uh, Hawaiian punch, <laughs> and he was just like, "They don't make these things big enough." 
And, and we were just like these two like 13 year old Jewish boys meeting Charles Oakley. And yeah. it was like, it was perfect. And it was, and listening to him on your podcast was like, it was everything you kind of would want. It was a cross between, and he wasn't drunk, but I'm just using this analogy. Your drunk <laughs> uncle at Thanksgiving yes. who you don't know what he's going to say yes. Yeah. Crossed with Charles Oakley. <laughs> Yeah, was well, like, where's this going? Oh no! Oh, it's another story. It yeah. was great. I loved it so much. Yeah, and him kind of like talking smack about Isaiah. Like, oh, we have people from 30 years ago. Carl Malone. I love it. He called Bernard King brown eyes for some reason. <laughs> it felt insulting. I didn't know why. He's like, yeah, we called him brown eyes. I'm like, okay, Charles uh, Oakley. Right. Fair enough. But he was it was fascinating because it was like he's still holding those grudges, but Jordan is exempt. Like he's yes. his buddy, but it was interesting of like, it's like, oh, if he had never played on a team with Jordan, would he, would Jordan have been exempt? There was one other guy who Ahmad seemed like he was exempt. He was okay with Ahmad. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was fascinated by that. I mean, he didn't have anything. He was okay. It seemed like he was okay with Pippen. Yeah. Yeah. He seemed, and it seemed like he was okay with Ewing, but he, then everybody else. He everyone had, else was, he was kind of, he loved Mason. Right. Mason. Anthony Mason. But it was like, that's like his, like, feels like would have been his protege of sorts. It's kind of amazing they were together. I know. I was and thinking that nobody died. I, <laughs> yeah, I was. I was thinking about that too. I was like, oh right, they played together on that team it's, and went out at night. Uh, oh my god, I can't imagine what in New those, York City. Oh my god, before cell phones. Yeah, like before. I mean, you can't imagine. We used to. Me and my friend Andrew, we would used to prank call WFAN. Like that was our thing when we were like thirteen years old, and we would call up like. Um, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog a little bit, but uh, oh god! Oh, the, not, are the you sweater. talking about the late night guys? Yeah, yeah. There's Steve Summers, and then Russ Salzberg was the W O R Channel yeah. Nine guy, and then he had the show on the sweater. And we would call him up and prank call him and be like, "Yeah, I think Patrick Ewing should be playing point because you can see over the top, you know." And, <laughs> and, and they didn't know; he never knew if we were messing with him yeah. until my friend was like, "You know, I'd love to take a bubble bath with Anthony Mason. He's a very attractive man." <laughs> That's when we got cut off. But in my mind, I'm always thinking about Anthony Mason in a bubble bath. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, my mom lived in Connecticut for a while, mm. and so I was there, and I went to high school there. And was there, you know, during holidays and summers, things like that, because I moved back to Massachusetts. Yeah. But that was during the time when you went out till like two in the morning and driving home. It was the early days of the all night radio. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so you'd hear those calls like that. And you're like, that person's either drunk or pranking. <laughs> and there's no, there's no other there. It's yeah. a 15 year old prank, prank call person yeah. or somebody who's had 14 drinks. Yeah. And they're both are for me. Equally entertaining. <laughs> equally and the, the key was to, as someone who was pranking, was to ride the line of being like, is this guy drunk? Or yeah. is he, we don't know. You keep him around. We used to do it. It was, we kill so much time that way. Those guys, it was so funny how unfortunate, like, I think they put more thought into the shows now. I'm not saying they're better or worse, but mm -hmm. you could at least feel like there's a rundown now. It's like coming up, we're going to talk about whether LeBron's going to the Rockets. Back then it was like, uh, let's go to Nick from White Plains. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll let Nick from my place yeah, run me agenda. Yeah. It's just completely caller centric. Oh my god! And there were some great, and you did know some of the callers. There was a woman who would call Doris from Rockaway. She <coughs> she had this weird cough on. I mean, she mm. there were those callers that I fell in love with. And it's true, there was no agenda, there was no Twitter, there was no internet. Stories unfolded slowly. And, you know, you just sort of like you rolled with it because that was your only way in for the day. I'm old enough to remember when 
there was no W fan. Yeah. When I would be listening, I'd be at my mom's house and the draft is coming up and this guy, Dave Sims. Yeah. I know the name. Yeah. Black guy bald. Yeah. 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 Um, it's been around forever and he used to have this three hour draft show. And that on, was it on whatever the, it wasn't even the fan. It was like something else. Yeah. And it was like a night before. And I was like, I would listen. I would get so excited. I would listen to the whole thing. I tried to call in. I finally got in once. I got some call. Oh, do you think the Celtics will take Len Bias? Or like, uh, <laughs> if they're lucky. Yeah, well. Well, maybe. Uh, but that was it. We were so starved for anything. And I'm just like, how did you even know to know about that show? I'm still fascinated. You know what I mean? Like, like there was no internet you to like be like- stumble across yeah, it. Yeah. And then you're just like, I remember that was the way, again, me and my buddy Andrew found American Gladiators. Like this is a different Flip thing. Flipping channels? Yeah. It was like flipping through the channels and it was like Connecticut. And then all of a sudden it blows up and you think you're the one who discovered it because you're like, I, we found this thing. But I, I had that same, you were so starved for it at that point. And there was an analysis like there is. And I'm um, really jealous of people now. Because I was thinking like ECW was like that. And I didn't know what ECW was. And mm -hmm. you a lot of stuff happened flicking channels at 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. In the late 80s, early 90s. And that was like, what's this? Yeah. And wow, that guy just jumped from a scaffold. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. Is this on every week? No. And now it's, you find, I mean, now it's, I guess it's people are discovering that through whatever, but like the web, you just, it's just, everything is so, I mean, you guys are doing, you do it yourselves. You present such a plethora of information. Yeah, we're there like immediately after. We're just, uh, Season finale of Billions, and our podcast is ready. It's crazy. Back to, in that 30 years ago, you watch Billions, you have no idea if anyone else is even watching it. I, I, yeah, I don't know how we shared it. Or that, like, there were iconic TV shows that you'd be like, oh, of course, there was that episode of the different strokes where he goes to the visit the bike shop or whatever yeah, yeah. it was. Like, you're like, how did we all watch? I guess we caught in reruns, but it's like, no, you had to be watching that episode. Like, I was talking to friends about that, the, uh, the Cosby show episode where Rudy sings the, the Ray Charles, you oh, know, yeah. where they're like that big or the monopoly episode. And it's like, how do we all know that episode so well from watching it once or twice? Like, did it just stick? I don't know. I don't, I don't we know. had less entertainment options. Right yes, now. that is I, the truth. I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but when I had my column in college and it was starting to take off, I had a joke about, I didn't understand. Remember the three part Brady Bunch episode, the Hawaii episode? Yeah. yeah. And Vincent Price kidnaps the kids. He tortures them. <laughs> and then the Brady's rescue the kids. And then they feel bad for Vincent Price. They invite him to the luau. It's very sweet. And it ends with like, he's at the luau having a good time. <laughs> it's like, hey, our kidnapper's here. <laughs> Can somebody get another pita colada? And so I, I mentioned that in the column. And all these people come to be like, hey, man, I saw the Vincent Price thing. But it was like we were having yeah. all these individual experiences with these TV shows and had no idea if anybody else even knew about them. Yeah. It was like, oh, man, I'm so glad you brought that up. It was We've not a collective. about that for years. Yeah, there was nothing collective about no. it. Like now where you're like, hey, I mentioned this Vincent Price thing. Like people are going to listen to this and immediately now go on YouTube, watch that and have that experience right away where it's like if you didn't catch it. I don't know if that changes like fandom now. Like if you don't. I think it totally. When did the league come out? Oh, oh. Like oh, 06, 07? Oh, uh, now it's oh, nine, oh, eight, uh, like oh, 09. It was last decade. Yeah. End of last decade, beginning of this, like oh, 09, 10 or something but like that. But it caught the Twitter wave. Yes. Because I think the, Twitter yeah. was the game changer in a lot of ways for yes. this stuff. Yes. Where it's like you have a funny bit in a show. People are tweeting about it. It's getting forward. It's getting read. And, and yes. it just kind of goes. Yes. I We caught the be either the beginning of that. I think Twitter was around 
But and you caught the streaming part where people could catch up on a whole season and that three, was the, the biggest. Days. Like we were on, we were kind of not buried, but we were on FX barely season one, and then it was on Netflix, and everyone between season one and two watched it on Netflix and then found it through that. Um, and it, I remember Friday Night Lights, yeah, was pre-streaming, yeah, and I made the choice not to watch it and missed it, and then all these people in my life were like like angry at me yeah. like it's fucking crazy that you don't watch Friday Night <laughs> yeah, Lights like yeah. I was like robbing school children or something <laughs> and I ended up getting Japanese DVDs on eBay and I watched the whole season and it had Japanese subtitles at the bottom oh and banged out all of them in four days but there's no streaming now I, I just be like alright I'll watch it on Netflix well that's dude. I weirdly never watch Friday Night Lights either I still haven't and I literally watched the what pilot what the fuck is I wrong know, with you well I've been too busy kidnapping these kids uh, but then they invited <laughs> me to the luau and and uh, it was great, but I had that. I literally watched the pilot for that like uh, two months ago to Friday. <laughs> it's or it's this. a little, it's a tiny bit dated, but still watchable. We've had some people on the ringers. Megan Schuster watched it recently, uh, who I think is like 24, 25. Yeah. She'd just never seen it. Yeah. And was in. Like she was like, oh my God, Michael B. Jordan showed up. Like having those kind of yeah. experiences. I was like, oh, I'm a little jealous. Yeah. Well, jealous I just finished Game of Thrones. I wow. was like six. I started watching Game of Thrones like six years late and like in the last year watched all of it and now caught up. They're saying it's the best incest show ever. <laughs> it's the rap on it. Now. Yeah, that is that is the going. I, I, I can't spoil anything. Uh, but <laughs> yes, it is. It is weird. I had that moment. I don't know what I don't know how it works. Are you allowed to talk about like if it's aired? Are we allowed to talk about Game oh, fuck of Thrones? That. Anyone who hasn't watched Game of Thrones at this point, they okay. can go to hell. Yeah, I had that in my writer's room where I was like, you guys can't. And they're like, shut the fuck yeah, up. And I was like, it. all right, fair enough. But it was like, I had this moment where I was like, oh, sh like, you know, Khaleesi and Jon Snow. Okay. And then I was like, wait, are they? Are they brother and sister? Yeah. Like you have that moment where you're like, what's the deal? I don't, yeah. I watched the show, but I don't remember anybody's names. Like, are they brother? They're, co oh, they're cousins. That's fine. Go That's crazy. also my experience fun. with Thrones. I think there's a couple different types of Thrones fans and I'm in the camp of, you know, oh, the queen. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the short guy. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. just going on down the line. Like yeah. That. I didn't read the books. Did you read the books? No, no, no. I'm behind, I'm behind on a lot of like, I, Harry Potter. I I read the first book. I enjoyed it, and then forgot about it. Watched the first movie or two, and then forgot about it. I just watched the end of, um, of um, Saving Private Ryan, and realized I've never watched it. I it's have like twenty year anniversary coming up. I know. Yeah. I have like major holes. Major holes. Sounds in, like that. Sounds like maybe some drugs in the past. There might have been, been some, some major. The, yeah, there may have been the past. Well, that was the thing. Is like my formative maybe years. You watched all these movies. You still yeah, remember? That is entirely mind. possible. You saw Saving Private Ryan five times. <laughs> <laughs> no recollection. I know. I've seen Shaving Ryan's Privates a number of times. <laughs> that that did burn a hole in my uh, my memories. But that is possible. But I do think there are kids who end up smoking a lot of like some people smoke a lot of pot. High school, college, and all they do is watch TV. And yeah. they remember it all or they're like, I love TV movies until like sophomore, junior year of high school. And then I started kind of like screwing around and then have a huge hole from like 16 to like 22 of being like, oh, I was like not watching TV. I watched like, you know, Simpsons and Seinfeld reruns. I have a hole too when I, from when I was in college, but I ended up retroactively catching up on. <laughs> but I'm curious. There's like, some shows I miss though. 
Like what? Anything that you're like? I mean, I'm just trying to think of. I, I feel like uh, Martin. I just missed. Oh, see, I caught Martin because that was like in my I'm home and you know like I don't know if I was watching reruns or watching it live, but I definitely caught weirdly a bunch of Martin. I missed. Uh, I missed in Living Color when it was happening because mm-hmm. I was like on. Uh, I was out in college. Sure. Just see, that's like I have that, that with a, a period of time for SNL for years where yeah. I just like. Like it was not, it was like, it's Saturday night. I'm not home on Saturday night watching the show. And it was pre like, oh, I'll watch the best sketches on Hulu the next day. I was, yeah, I was VHS in those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I had the VHS, I had the, the, the freaking tapes, all these tapes would bring. Do you still have now any of those or did you get rid of I have them somewhere in the attic. I have, yeah. a lot, I have a lot of like VHS tapes that seem like a great idea. It's weird when like you DVDs go- seem like a great idea until about. Five years ago. Now they seem like a terrible idea. Do you remember when Netflix switched over to streaming and everyone was like, they've fucked up so royally. How how stupid could they be to go streaming and get away from DVDs? I found, I wrote this piece when the NBA was headed for a lockout. So October, 2011. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this piece in the last podcast I did that we wrote for Grantland about like, oh, we should, let's create a new league. We'll create new teams. We'll do a redraft of the players. I'd forgotten. Somebody's emailed me after that piece. I have a joke in there about naming one of the teams after Netflix. And then there's a joke about, but after they go bankrupt, we'll have to change the name. It was like the Net- Netflix Quickster, the New York Netflix Quickster. Or right. I was like, but after they go bankrupt, this is seven years ago. Now it's like their stocks at 400 now almost. Yeah. And they- I'm an idiot is the lesson. The bottom line is, and that's why we all brought you here today, was uh, <laughs> for your podcast. Uh, yeah, it's such a weird thing. You don't, you don't know, but it's weird. I, if you go back and watch VHS, the, for me, the most interesting about going back and watching VHS is watching old commercials. Oh, yeah. And being like, whoa, like yeah. these Burger King commercials are weird. Or, you There's know. some like not so slight racism in some of the old commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what they I were, go. They just weren't afraid to be racist. No, they didn't know. Yeah, they and some sexual stuff like with those ones from the seventies, the smoking ones were like very phallic. Yeah, the guys you could see the guys groin, the girls smoking a cigarette, and it's kind of lined up with the guys groin, <laughs> shit like that. I think they made a law that you couldn't do that anymore. You couldn't use a cigarette as a phallus anymore. Yeah, as a facsimile penis <laughs> for to go in somebody's mouth. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, it's what bad. a combination. Trump, of- Trump's and your Trump's coming back. He's going to bring it back. He's going to bring back misogyny and smoking together. Trump's like, what? We can't do that anymore? This is un-American. Let's yeah. bring it back. Yeah, those old commercials are great. A lot of those are on YouTubes. Yes. I will go back and watch old. I weirdly, I don't know why. I do like, I also still like flipping through the channels. I will flip through the channels. Like my friends have cut their cord or like, you know, are only, you know, Netflix or they've got the ESPN app or HBO. They only have the app, whatever it is. I still am like, I kind of like flipping through channels. I still like watching commercials. I don't even kind of like it. I have direct TV and cable. Yeah. Really? Both. Yeah. I like, because I have direct TV for the football, but I like cable more because it's faster. faster. And you can flip channels faster. Really? Um. I still like looking at the guide and being like, ah, Devil Wears Prada's on. Yes. Weirdly, I, I, there's I'll, something I'll about- I'll give it yeah. a whirl for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Or I'm like, oh, Tombstone's on TNT. <laughs> I'm in. Like, I'm like, I'll watch commercials. We'll see Kurt Russell with those pearly blues. One of my favorite things is the 10 minutes before 
Inside the NBA comes on on TNT. Mm. When TNT is showing you their bones, their CSI New Orleans, <laughs> but it's just the end. There's no context at all. It's, it's just, just like somebody's lugging a corpse out of their basement and Scott Bakula's yeah. there with his, just watching them. Yeah, and then with like some slightly humorous line with like his- uh, Yeah, slightly droll. Yeah. It's a very droll show. Yeah, it's a, it is a, I remember, I miss, um, is it still, is, uh, is- Inside stuff, it is still on, right? The it's it's a new version with Grand Hill and Kristen Ludlow. Okay, yes. I miss the old one with Ahmad and whoever his Willow, white female co-host Willow was. Bay. It was at Willow some Bay, point, and then yeah. it was somebody else. And Ahmad always had he's Ahmad. Yeah. He's gonna have sexual attention. It's gonna happen. He's if he's he, here right now. We'd all have sexual. We'd attention. all have he's a very sexual guy. I did sprinkler installation in high school, and we did we worked on Ahmad Rashad's house. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all through Connecticut. They like he and Felicia Rashad lived in. Is that they were married? They are married. They were, and their daughter is now on Billions. Really? Yeah, she's got a key role on Billions. No way. She was involved in a spoiler alert plot in the last episode that I'm not going to spoil because okay, that just happened. Okay, I won't. We won't talk about it because Game I, of Thrones. I'll spoil to the all day long. Home. Yeah, Ahmad Rashad's on Game of Thrones now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is in the last <laughs> so, season. He's so good. Um, he, you know, and then Gumbel, the like, is it Brian Gumbel or Greg Gumbel? Who has the show? Brian Gumbel still has the show on HBO. That's Brian. Yes. And yeah. is Greg still doing CBS football? Greg is doing college hoops and football uh -huh. for CBS and is way older than you think he is. Both of, yeah. They're both, I'm like. How old do you think Greg Gumbel is? This is one of my favorite games to play with people. Oh, I would, Actually, I tipped you off because I you know, know I will. I my gut is then I I would say like sixty five. Okay, but I don't know. Like, how old is Marv Albert? Tommy, how old do you think Greg Gumbel is? Uh, 63. Kyle, sixty two. Greg Gumbel is seventy two years what? old. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm telling you, go to parties and just drop that on people. How does you be Brown? Seventy two years. <laughs> Well, he'd be around like 88. Yeah. Yeah. Is he still, and is he still? Marv's like 77, 78. Marv's still, I mean. Marv, I love Marv, but he got Victor Oladipo and Darren Collison confused for a solid game in the playoffs. It just seemed like a problem. It was two of the best pacers. Oladipo Collison. Yeah. Yes. I he, love Marv. Though. He is. Marv should stay as long as he wants. Well, because he also very smartly went to pay early. So like there is no, he's fine. Like there was no like, what's happening to Marv Albert? He's oh, that's true. He he went so early that we never even you never blink. knew. You never knew. Or, or he did a comb over early. What and but he he because he was also a Knicks guy. He was the New York guy early. Like when I was of a like coming. That was my that was him. He was, and, he, Marv was incredible. Yes, and he's. I yes. still think he's my favorite. NBA he guy. is good. I do. I mean, I, I I've I'm fascinated by those guys. They do seem ageless. Costas, Costas hair dye is like somewhat of an issue. <laughs> I love him. I really do. But it's anyway, I don't know what you're allowed once to say. What, I'm allowed to say. So what, you're allowed to say whatever okay. you want. Yeah, yeah. Once my hair started going white, I'm like, I'm not doing the Dr. Pepper. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. This is the color of my hair. It's we're all I'm slowly letting my hair go gray. It's going to happen. Uh, and then I'll but I well, dye my pubes. You, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have you have actor roles though, where you probably have to seem younger in certain roles and stuff. I guess so. I don't know. I'm like if, figuring that out. Whether like if you're rapist number three in the Death Wish remake, <laughs> yes. maybe they're looking for a younger. They want a youthful look to that. <laughs> well, I'm now like you know, 
I'm shooting for number two. You know what I mean? <laughs> number one. Who's got some more years behind him experience. I, I had Jeff Goldblum on. We were mm. going through his movies. Mm. And I brought up Death Wish. His first role in a movie was he was one of the three thug rapists in really? Death Wish with Charles Bronson. And oh he God. took the it, Jeff Goldblum, by of the way, course. great podcast. Yeah, of he's course. Oh, he'll talk about everything. He, oh, he's, yeah. yeah, yeah you, no, you, you look funny. wonderful. Oh. Uh, but he hands. But he took the question like seriously. He's uh-huh. like, here's what I learned on the Death Wish set as <laughs> rapist number two. <laughs> and uh and really went for it. I was like, okay, here we I guess that the grounds have been set. But he yeah. Tommy, we turn on that air conditioner in there. He if it's not on, turn it on higher. <laughs> if it's getting hot in here, I apologize. I I'm I weirdly don't sweat. Okay, good. It's a weird element of my Great. existence. He Goldblum is someone who will take everything incredibly seriously and also he somehow manages to do both simultaneously and glibly yes yeah he played my father on the league and was like so but and would get into it and then pop out and he's so funny but he's just the weirdest he's one of the most interesting guys he plays this game did he play celebrity with you at all or this thing where he sort of will go like he doesn't like to converse when when you're not in the scene. He doesn't want to have a conversation. How's your life? How are you doing? He wants to do something else. So he'll be like, uh, let's play the uh, movie game. Uh, he'll go Jeff Goldblum, uh, Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, uh, Lord Dern. Okay. Lord Dern was in. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a good Goldblum. Uh, he'll go like, <laughs> Lord Dern was in, um, uh, you know, uh, Twin Peaks. Okay. Kyle MacLachlan. Okay. Portlandia. Uh, oh, so it's just. Fred Armisen, yeah, and then I'll go Fred Armisen, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, and then I'll go like something, something, and then I'll go like uh, uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Jeff Goldblum. He'll bring it back around to himself, then they'll be like, and action, and then you'll be back in like a scene in the league, and you're like, wait, what just fucking happened? But he's so, but it, then he's so good, and he has aged both physically and Artistically very tall, handsome man. Yeah. He's, I think he takes very good care of himself, does a lot of like yoga, eats well, mm. is married to a contortionist. Yeah. Gymnast. Yes. Yeah. She, she was on Kroll show as a contortionist. She's amazing. She's so cool. But he's like, he's a dude who like now is, how old is he? Six, mid sixties. Yeah. That's yeah. like a three year old daughter. Yeah. Three year old son. It's amazing. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Give me the rankings of what you're working on right now. The, the, the animated show's coming. Big Mouth season two is coming 
this fall. We have not announced the official okay. date, but the Big Mouth season two is this fall. We should mention that's a show that I hate you for because you put it on Netflix. Yeah. And my son, it's actually too over the top for my son. But how, how old is your son? My son's 10 going oh, on yeah. like okay. 30. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 But um, yeah. it's one of those things where I know he's watching it, but he'll never uh. tell me. So I'm <laughs> sure he's seen every episode. If he was here right now, he'd be, I know he watches the Bill Burr show too. Okay. It's like, what am I not supposed to watch? All right, I'll wait till you guys leave the room and yes. I'll watch it. Yes. So it's in that camp. Okay, I, I would have done the same thing though. Yes, I, me too. I was. It's one of those shows that I would have snuck a watch when I like somehow. Uh, I thought you were gonna say he's like fifteen. I was like, oh come on, let him watch it. Ten, I get. It's dirty. It's f- super fucking dirty. But he loves dirty though. He loves. Oh man. I mean, it's. It's way, like, he loves South Park, and it's way dirtier than South Park. (laughs) It has moments of being dirtier than South Park. But it's also, like, I will say, the coolest part is, like, it's dirty, but there's also, like, real kind of lessons is the wrong word, but it gives kids and parents the ability to maybe have a platform to talk about this stuff. But I would say more, like, when your son is in, like, three years and, like, locked in his room because he's fucking yanking that crank, like, you're going to be like, all right, we got to figure out a way to talk about this. Maybe the show provides some sort of vehicle to have those conversations. Uh, But it's filthy. But it's, I'm very... uh, They're saying it's the best White Plains jerk-off show ever (laughs) created. Right, right Is now, yeah, top yes. three, yeah, top three, top three. I remember Malcolm Jamal Warner had one in the <laughs> late nineties that he, didn't catch on. It didn't work ex- is as well. <laughs> Malcolm in the middle, there they said there was, there was not enough jerking off. No, it wasn't. That was uh, the note from that. That was the major note uh, from the network. It is so dirty, but it's it's. I mean, we have a the the fun new character. We have a couple new guys uh, characters in season two. Um, if you haven't seen the show, basically it's about two 13-year-old kids going through puberty, but and then it's really about a bunch of kids. So it's like kids masturbating, getting their periods. <laughs> oh my god. All of the all of the kids or kids have Your horm- parents' worst nightmare. I know. They but they actually like they like it, I think. I don't know. But it's like the, every kid has a hormone monster. So like I like to, that. Every and which is really what happens. It feels like that when you're growing up. So we had a kid who was like my, when Andrew, we were talking about the show, my buddy Andrew, I, I mentioned a few times, Andrew Goldberg, we came up with the show with our partners, Mark and Jen, and they they were sort of like, the, Andrew should have like a hormone monster. And I was like, oh, hormone monster. Like, he's just like, touch yourself, Andrew. And, and that became, <laughs> and we're like, okay, got it. So th- everyone has hormone monster. Season two, the big new character is the shame wizard. And so it's like Jeffy <laughs> <laughs> loves it. I got him. So and we got David Thewlis to be the shame wizard. Ooh. Who, if you watch Fargo season three, he's the villain in that, and he's in the Harry Potter movies. The bad guy in Wonder Woman. Wasn't he in either Island of Doctor Moreau or The Beach? Yes. Was he in Island of Doctor oh, Moreau? I don't know, but it's possible that he's in both. One of my and, favorite bad '90s movies. Whoa! And he might be in The Beach. He's he might be like Tilda Swinton's like boyfriend in the beach or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's he's something. He's a badass. So it's like anyway. So it's it's that. So anyway, so that's coming out this fall. The thing that I'm probably the thing in, uh, for here that might be interesting is Uncle Drew, the basketball yes. movie I'm in. You worked with Kyrie. I worked with my dear friend Kyrie. Uh, where did it was? Where does he rank against Denzel and some of the other great actors? You know you what? Worked with? He's a good actor. Yeah. Like I was like, God damn it. This guy can and he's wearing they're all wearing tons of prosthetics. Yeah. And it's 
you know, I was on that show cavemen, you know what I mean? Like I was one of the cavemen. So like, I know what it's like to wear a shit ton of prosthetics. And I was truly impressed by Kyrie as an actor. He's one, he's funny Two, He was a good actor. When you see the movie, like it's a, the movies, there has to be some emotional thing for, to carry that for two hours. And he's got it, man. It's like, He's really, I'm sure, do you, have you gotten to know him this year or in years past? Like, have you? There's a, there's a chance he's appearing on this podcast relatively soon. Yes. He's, and I really, I mean, I liked him. I was impressed. Uh, He was ready. He was prepared. And all those guys actually, like, all those players, like, these aren't fuck-offs. Like, they can't, like, these guys, all they do is show up to practice, do their work. And so when they come to, and the same thing for the most part on the league, too, is like, these guys come ready to go. This is the LeBron generation. Yes. We yes. had the cocaine generation. Yes. No, that we, is. We had the uh, hip hop generation. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we eased into the LeBron, handle your business, yes. try to become a brand, show up on time, get yeah. your shit done, have Ab- five things going on generation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I felt like that with Kyrie, but then we had everybody else that it's, you know, it's Reggie Miller, Shaq, Chris Weber, Lisa Leslie, Nate Robinson. Mm. And, uh, you know, when they, they told me about the movie, I was like, oh, that's, I like those Uncle Drew videos like that were on, you know, YouTube. And then I was like, I want to, I mean, I thought that I was like, I don't care if this movie's good or bad. I actually think the movie's very funny and good, but I was like, I just want to go spend a month with those guys on the court fucking around. Like that's, uh, you know, for me as a kid who grew up. Right watching those guys it was like the idea that I could be, and I end up playing in the game. So I deed up Kyrie or I tried to have you, did you used to play? Or I no? mean, we're talking like, like Jewish day school right. basketball. I was decent yeah. for Jewish day school basketball. Nice. So it was not, I was <laughs> to give you some context. Uh, I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting any offers to play college ball. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I loved playing growing up, but I was like, I, I was like the opportunity to play. How many people get the opportunity to play defense against Kyrie Irving, but it's against the guy who's got like, well, nobody can guard him anyway. So it doesn't matter your Jewish day school background exactly. versus being Damian Lillard. Yeah, exactly. Matter. So I'm in the, I'm in the trailer. I don't know if it's going to be in the movie, but in the trailer, when you see like, here's uncle Drew's handle, like that's me playing defense against him. And I did not fall down. He did not break my ankle. Like none of that. I was like, I'll take that as a huge win. And it was so fun. And then I'm on the bench as the coach and I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm the bad guy. I'm the, the bad guy coach. Oh, the evil guy. I'm the bad guy. I'm the white devil in this movie. You're like Tupac and above the rim, <laughs> yes, exactly. but not. Yeah. I'm like, I never saw blue chip, but I'm trying to think of whatever Nick Nolte is. I'm probably not him. Right. But another Shaq, another fine Shaq. But I got to hang out with Shaq. I'm, I, I mean, I had, I couldn't have had more fun. Like I had one night where I got to chill with Shaq. Shaq's a fun guy by all accounts. He is so like, I guess if you're like seven, however tall he is for your whole life, you either retreat into yourself or you make everyone in the room comfortable. And he made, I think he made a choice to just be, make everyone in a room feel comfortable around him. Kimmel's, you know, Kimmel loves Shaq. Yeah. His, like, I think his favorite celebrity story ever was Shaq was on Ellen at some point in the in the last 10 years and offered his cousin $100,000 to come on the stage and take a shit as they were taping Ellen. 
<laughs> the cousin or the nephew was seriously considering yeah. it. Yeah. And it was like, should I do it? Like, it was like one of those. I was like, what is happening? That's the best, though. So, because Shaq that's is. That's what Shaq's like every day. I he's think. a real rascal. Yeah. He is a real. He tried to bring back roasts. Yes. I love the Shaq roasts. They did so... Emmett Smith. They did Shaq. Oh, I thought yeah. those were great. That's the one where, if you go back and watch that Jamie Foxx, where he, he ruins the dude. He ruins a dude. Like, where you're like, ooh, this is roasts are tough, but this is. Rough, but the guy sh- shouldn't have come at him. No, shouldn't come. Don't come at him, especially when other guys have mics. Like Jamie's not even up there; he's just got a mic in the background doing the in- inner voice of that guy, and it's brutal. Those two roasts are on YouTube, and they first of all, that's how I met Jimmy because he was on the first one. Oh, and I wrote about it on page two at ESPN, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he sent me an email. I was like, "Hey, man, I really appreciate what you said," and we started talking. But the set, the one of them was the one I think it was Emmett Smith. Jeff Ross came on. And it was like the moment he became the roast master. Oh, like that's officially. really interesting. I have not got to go back on watching watch that on YouTube because it was like an all black audience, and he just came in. Oh, Ross and, is and was like annihilate. Just he was just out of control. Yeah, oh. all that stuff's on YouTube. But Jamie Fox, that's brutal. Killed that poor guy. Killed him. But Shaq, I really loved, and he's even a guy who I was like, I sat down with him one night. We were in between setups, and I just sort of interviewed him for like an hour, just being like, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance. He's sitting on an Apple box, still taller than me. Yeah. And he it was just interesting to hear him be like, just like, again, works constantly working, constantly. He's like, you never know what's going to happen. I'm going to be nice to people because, you know, he's like, I was nice to this kid who I played basketball in my neighborhood. I would just be nice to him. And then his father came up to me one day and was like, I had a, my son had a dream that you played a genie. And that's where like. Kazam? Yeah. I would love to see Kazam again and see how it held up. I'm gonna guess it didn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't. When does imagine. Uncle Drew come out? Uncle Drew comes out June 29th. Um, and it's like Nate Robinson's funny. He's a rascal. Nate Robinson's a rascal. Uh, and Reggie Miller for me. I grew up again early 90s New York. I was at the, the at that game. That's you felt Lee like game. you were rivals with him. Yes. Yeah. And I was at that game, but now I'm on the bench. And I'm the bad guy. And so I'm just talking shit. And Reggie is shooting threes. Like we're shooting segments, you know, in the in the game. And Reggie's got to be, he's supposed to be missing threes. And then he's supposed to be hitting threes. And he's missing threes. And I'm just fucking yapping away at Reggie Miller on the bench talking shit. And I was like, this for me, this there could be no no more fun in my career that I can be on the bench razzing Reggie Miller yeah, for seriously. missing threes. And he and then he was lovely, and then he started hitting threes, and it was not as funny. <laughs> I did, I did uh, TV for a year with Magic. Yeah, and it was just Celtics oh, Lakers God. from the get go. And I would always use we, and it was like I was on the team. And the first like month or so, he'd be like, "Man, you you weren't on the team, you know?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. By March, it was like I was on the team, and I was like the ninth man on the eight six Celtics. Says, "Well, remember we came back, and we he just accepted me as a rival." <laughs> so back then, you were just like Danny Ainge's stand-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You might have thought I was Jerry Seachstick. Um, tell me how you got hooked up with Mulaney. Is there a backstory? Uh, we went to college together. Uh, what college? We went to Georgetown. Uh, oh, you motherfucker. I got rejected by Georgetown. I only got in because my dad Jesus. went there. Is that why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I really wanted to go there. It was like the height of the Alonzo morning. Oh, the man. Matumbo. I was like so ready to jump into it. Yeah. my That's when my brother was there. And my mom came and visited one time. And my brother and 
Alonzo, they were all in this one rabbis. They All the basketball players were in a Jewish studies class because the rabbi was notoriously an easy grader. And my mom came to visit and my brother <laughs> fell asleep in the class and oh, Alonzo's man. asking questions the entire class. And wow. my mom was like, it's good student what the fuck that is Alonzo. going on? Yeah. Yeah. But that was the Twin Towers. That was that. I mean, that was- Is Who a, Wants to Sex Matumbo a true story? That's, I've heard that. I don't know. I've heard that story. It seems like it came after, I think it's made up. But I've heard, I've heard, definitely heard lore of it. And I would, by the way, the dude speaks seven languages. If you're going to- Now that I've had Oakley, Matumbo's probably my dream podcast, and I'm going to have to ask him. He's real like Players Association now, or he's like, he's he's super involved. thoughtful dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he also comes here. I mean, the lure was also like, he came here to be pre-med and then decided to play basketball. It's like, I don't know about that. That was when I stopped playing basketball. When I was in like, or I realized that there was a limit to it. I went to John Thompson basketball camp Mm. when I was like 14. And I was like, I'm pretty good. And then I got down there and it was like all kids from like Silver Springs, like all like, you know, D.C. metro area kids. You didn't see a lot of kids from the Jewish day school? No, they were not. No, they were not. And I was like, oh, oh, Mm. oh, maybe I'll be in a movie one day where I get to play basketball. Like that'll be the end of it. The good news is the Jewish day school will be a great season three for the animated series. Oh, my God. It's true. The whole jerk off scandal in the Jewish oh day school. Oh, my God. Everybody. 19, 1988. We do have Jewish penises on the show. We've got a that's lot good. of, we got some stuff in there that's pretty Jewy. Jew Fishman. <laughs> we have a character named Jew Fishman. <laughs> the Jew <laughs> um, But me, me and Melanie met at Georgetown. I was, in, I was the director of the improv group. He was a freshman. I cast him in the troupe. And like within a month, I was like, oh, this dude. Yeah. Like I was I was the senior. Like I was supposed to be the hot stuff. Yeah. And within a month, I was like, oh, this dude is like the real deal. And but even like I had been I have a bunch of my friends even before Melania got there, like Mike Berbiglia cast me in the improv group at Georgetown. Like we have a weird there was like a weird group of us there that were all kind of doing it. Uh, and. So it was great, but and but also Georgetown wasn't like a comedy school, so we got to do everything. We hosted a cappella fest, like we just right. it, got, it got us a lot of stage time. Um, but John and I met freshman year, his freshman year, and just stayed buddies. And then I moved to New York, and he would like come up and stay with me, and we'd go to like open mics and just. When did you start doing the two guys doing comedy together thing? Because that, oh, that has oh, had very mixed results over the years. Yes, we we. Let's well, no, see. you've done it in a variety of things. Like you've hosted award shows yes. now. Yes, we we started. I mean, we were always buddies, and then we did years ago in New York. Uh, over ten years ago, we started hosting like a weekly stand-up show as as George and Gill from Oh Hello, and it was just fun. It was like it was like I think we'd watched a lot of Jiminy Glick. We had watched a ton of Martin Short, and it was like that thing of like, oh, it would be fun to be the characters interviewing these other people who are like, I don't know what's about to come out of your mouth. I'm I'm scared. Uh, and, and then we, we kept doing them. And then I started doing Kroll show. We started doing Oh Hello on Kroll show. And then that finished. And then we started doing the, we got the Broadway show together. And then they offered, uh, I think they came to me to do the spirit awards. And I was like, they're like, you could do it with someone. You could do it on your own. And I was like, I think this would be more fun to do with someone. John and I were doing Oh Hello. He was the funniest person I'd ever met. It just felt like an obvious thing to to be like, hey, do you want to go do this thing? I thought you guys were good. I think that's a hard job, especially Thanks. you're standing next to each other and you've already heard all the jokes, but you have to react like you've never heard them yeah. before. But I think it 
I find it to be much, those award shows to be with someone on stage to me is so much more relaxing and fun because you have someone else to play with. If a joke doesn't go well, you've got someone else up there with you. Like I'm like Jimmy hosting the Oscars last few years when we had hosted the Spirit Awards. They're very, very different things. I was not envious of him, and I think he did a great job, but I was not envious of him for a second. Your room's a little friendlier. It's friendlier. You know it's everyone's of a specific world and space. You're not playing On the other hand, though, you had the Weinstein stuff this year, and people were expecting something from you. Whereas I think with Jimmy, he, you know, because that's like as PG of an audience as you get. You get you got to tiptoe it, but you can't hit it hard. But we, you, people wanted you to hit it we, hard. Assembly. We we felt like we had an opportunity to say some stuff that other people couldn't. I yeah. think like Seth doing the Globes and Jimmy doing the Oscars. Seth was the test pilot. Yes, Seth got shot in yes. space. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think that's a John joke who wrote that for John for Seth of like the monkey the the monkey that gets shot in his yeah, face. Yeah, he, he literally was. Yeah. That and was not an enviable hosting spot. No, and I thought, and he threaded that needle well, but it's just tough if you're either of those dudes on those shows to play to that broad of an audience and be like, how can I be funny and also not inflame everybody or avoid everything entirely? Yeah. Um, and because of the size of the stage that we were at doing the spirits, we had a little more, uh, we had a, I think we, I don't know. I, I don't know if we felt like this is expected of us or if we were just like, fuck it. Let's just, we have the opportunity to go. I think so. I think like we have the opportunity to go say some shit and take some shots that we wouldn't if we were doing a bigger stage like Jimmy. I watched yours carefully. I watched Seth's carefully too because I was worried for Jimmy because I felt like the audience that he had for that Oscars with all the landmines in the room. Oof. And there were a couple lessons. Like it did seem like- you know, just going hard with a name. Like people would clench up a little bit if yes. there was a name. So there were like end arounds where you could yes. make the name the punchline or sneak it around. Or We found that as we figured out like even the order with which we were doing jokes, we were running it that week and you, we were ending. We were like, oh, we have this run about the apologies, like how guys failed at, at their apologies. And we did it in the middle of the week and it was killing in the middle of the, in the middle of the set. Yeah. So we're like, all right, this is our big closer. This is the b- biggest laughs. Let's put it at the end of the set. And we put it at the end of the set and it stopped working as well. And we felt just after the set like icky. And it was like, ooh, we got to put this somewhere in the middle because people don't want to finish on this. We need to find like a palate cleanser or something. Yeah. People, a sorbet. Yes. Because people didn't want that in the middle of the show. People didn't want you. They didn't want to, at the old end of the day, what we were thinking and realizing is like, we're still ultimately hosting a show. Yeah. And this is a big night for a lot of people and people want to have fun and celebrate. People don't want this entire show to be like, what a fucking gross year. What a gross culture we are in the middle or whatever it is. People want to be like, let's have fun tonight. You know? So you like all of the machinations of where you place things was, there were a lot of kind of interesting lessons to be learned. We have to go. But, where, where are we going? But so funny. But you got to come back. I saved some stuff. I would love. I to. I want you to come on for a rewatchables podcast. We do. We break down yeah. these movies. You're kind of built to join us for one of them. I would love to. We we'd go backwards. We've had we will do anything ranging from Social Network to great. Ca- we did that one. Castaway is going to happen this summer. Ooh, 
Yeah, I've a lot, but a lot of like. I'm wondering like that. if it things should be one that I have. Years. I have not seen that it won't be. It'll be a watchable for me, or should it be a rewatchable? <laughs> a first watchable. Maybe, like I don't know if I've ever seen Castaway. Podcast. Like I don't know if I've ever seen Castaway for podcast. First watchable. <laughs> uh, Sponsored by Lunchables. Oh, Operation Finale. Okay, I'm in this movie, a Nazi hunting movie. Yes, it's uh, Oscar Isaac and uh, Sir Ben Kingsley is. Uh, uh, Adolf Eichmann, and we're like Nazi. Uh, we're uh, uh, Mossad agents. Uh, when it's the true story of capturing Adolf Eichmann in Argentina, so it's like a serious movie. It's like a serious like oh, thriller, wow. like Argo. But uh, and that's that comes out September fourteenth. That that sounds good. Yeah, it's fun. Oscar's cool. super cool and funny and and, and amazing, and, and it's Sir Ben Kingsley like in like classic Sir Ben mode. It's it's pretty crazy. What's your favorite Sir Ben Kingsley? I have a random one. What is yours? Searching for Bobby Fischer. Oh, I love that movie. Shit. It's really good. That movie still holds up. It's like 25 years old. That's a good movie. That might be a watchable for me. That might too. be a watchable. Maybe yeah. that's episode two of the watchables. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what he's actually great in, in like the movie's not great to me, but like Iron Man Three, where he's playing his oh, it's sexy beast for me. He's really sexy, sexy beast, beast in that movie. He did play Gandhi. Yeah. He did fun. win an Oscar. Yeah, he's fine. Fine. No, yeah. Come on. Anyone can play Gandhi. I mean, Jesus. Who didn't? Um, Who hasn't played Gandhi? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, right. man.